You're listening to the Marketing to Millions podcast, the only show to give you real raw behind the scenes tools and marketing strategies to create a thriving online coaching business. I'm your host, Liz Bohr, the girl who traded in her corporate climbing career to help ambitious thought leaders create a bigger impact using effective and intentional digital marketing strategies. Thanks for listening in. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive into today's show. A big question I have been asking myself lately as I prepare to take maternity leave is how can I run my business more efficiently? And thinking about how to manage raising a family and scaling my business, it's time for me to identify how to turn my time into more revenue and impact. So I'm thankful that Brittany Dixon reached out to me to be a guest on the podcast. Brittany Dixon is a business system strategist who helps highly driven and visionary entrepreneurs implement easy day-to-day systems and processes to get people out of their own way. Now, before we welcome Brittany, I want to spotlight a recent review titled A Marketing Marvel. In Yonkers Review, they write, on a recent five-hour road trip, I binged several of the Marketing to Millions episodes and was so impressed by the level of detail in Liz's wisdom. Her data-driven, detail-oriented, and in-depth insight has been so helpful in growing my business. Wow, what a review. Thank you so much for your dedicated support and kind words. Your review helps me to share this podcast with more people, and I am so, so thankful. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Brittany and get to learning all about how to turn distracted work into deep work. Okay, friends, inefficient systems, productivity, and disciplined routines all play a big role in building successful businesses, which is why I'm so glad you're here today, Brittany, to set us straight on how to turn distracted work into money-making decisions. So let's kind of start by debunking some of those myths on what productivity means In your opinion, what are some of the biggest myths that you hear maybe inside of your community or that you hear so often that you just cringe when you hear them um, about productivity? First off, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I could talk about productivity all day long. It's my favorite. So some of the things that I hear really is that productivity is just working more, like the more I work, the more productive I am, which I think is a huge one, especially when people are starting their business because you're in hustle mode and you're doing all the things and you're wearing all the hats. But honestly, it's not working more. It's working smarter, not harder. (laughs) That's what productivity really is. A couple other ones that I hear a lot are that productivity are just checking off the boxes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, make a checklist and do it and you're productive. And that really just is not true because if you're doing things that aren't making you money and growing the business, how productive is it really? And what is that doing for you? Those are probably the top two is like work more and make bigger checklists and start checking things off. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those resonate with me a ton. The second one is funny because, you know, you could add a lot of things to your checklist that are just small little tasks that don't really matter a whole lot, right? Like I kind of had to switch to having like a big three and little three 
priority list so that I could just prioritize all of the things, especially when I was starting out. I didn't really have a team yet. I was doing all the things, wearing all the hats, as you mentioned, and trying to navigate growing the business with managing client load. So it can get overwhelming with just like yeah. <laughs> a single checklist, right? Like in, I had like a whole notebook of pages and pages of, of things to check off. So yeah, that, that definitely resonates a, a lot with me. So how do we even manage setting? What is your recommendation for figuring out what our tasks should be on a daily basis? Yeah, for sure. So I think a couple things. I think everything really, I look at businesses holistically, right? Like what are those goals? What is your why? What is that big picture vision that you have? And how are we going to take the path of least resistance to get there? Because I think so often, like we're going on this road trip of being business owners, right? Like, oh, this is amazing. We're just going to drive to the next destination. This is great. And that sounds amazing. But to build a sustainable business, you really have to have that end destination in mind and really like figure out how to get there the quickest, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all going to take pivots and detours and change our mind and things like that during business and during the course of growing a business. But I think really looking at that big picture and kind of reverse engineering that and saying, okay, what are those big things that are actually going to get me there the quickest? And then how can I start to outsource the rest, right? The things that are not super important for you as a CEO to be doing, but to start building a team if that's what your vision looks like. So I think it's kind of looking big picture and making sure what you're doing on a daily basis is moving the needle forward instead of just checking off those boxes of things that don't actually make a difference. How far into the future would you recommend that we look? Because, you know, sometimes for me, looking at a annual calendar can get overwhelming. So I tend to break my priority and like my promotional calendar out into quarters. But what do you recommend in terms of how big picture should we go? So I think that looking at a year is is really all you can do. Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. we want to know where we want to take this business in five years. But like, let's be real, nobody can plan farther than 90 days. (laughs) So I think looking at the year and saying, okay, like, what are my big, like, four things, like (laughs) big four things that I want to accomplish this year, whether that is a number of students, a number of clients, a revenue goal, podcast downloads, whatever that looks like, right? But what are those (laughs) big four things that will actually move the needle forward? And then how can we start breaking that into quarterly chunks, right? So (laughs) then we can really look at to get to those four things, this is what we need to do. And I can do this in quarter one this in quarter two, and you can start breaking those down. So it's, again, just that reverse engineering and saying, like, how can I take these big things and make sure that the small things are leading me there, even though we still may have to take detours and do things differently. But yeah, I think really from a detailed perspective, you can't plan more than 90 days for Mm -hmm. sure. So if we've looked at our big picture, what should our next steps be in terms of checking off the list or creating some sort of outline for us to get to the goal that we have at the end of the year? Yeah, so I really think it is kind of breaking down what those activities are that are going to get you there. So for example, one of our goals is to get our podcast to 25,000 downloads, right? So what are those activities that are going to help do that? It's going to be the marketing and creating content to gear people towards the podcast. It's going to be dropping new episodes more often. It's going to be making sure that we're repurposing content, right? So like starting Mm -hmm. to break down some of the smaller things that it's going to take to get you to that goal and then mapping it out and seeing how you can add that into your daily schedule. 
I think the biggest thing most entrepreneurs do is they create these big goals and then they'll plan out for 90 days, but then it just goes onto a list and it's not actionable time on their calendar, <laughs> which is where I try to help with my students and my clients by creating their days by design and really blocking it out on the calendar, right? Like if you are trying to get to this goal, if you're not allotting time for it on your calendar, your time is going to fill up and you're still going to have to do things. And that's when people, I think, get into hustle and burnout mode for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good advice. So if we were taking, let's say we're trying to pivot our business and this might be, you know, selfishly a personal question, yeah. <laughs> but if we are kind of looking to make some sort of pivots in our business, you know, this year we are working on implementing some additional streams of income from revenue sources like digital products and really yeah. scaling the, the template and the course side of my business. There's a lot of things that come into play when we're, when we're trying to shift and make pivots in our business. So what are some of those routines that we can deploy or what should we really be thinking about when we have a task for just the yeah. baseline, trying to keep the lights on of working with for me, it's one-on-one -on -one clients and some coaching students, but also spending time on some of those bigger, larger, long-term strategies. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to what I had mentioned about the Days by Design. So let me kind of break that down a little bit. So inside of Days by Design, this method that I've kind of created, it is really your lifestyle by design. So what things you want to be doing in your life. That is time with kids, time with spouses, volunteering, personal development, those types of things. We need to look at those and put those on our calendar first. I think too many business owners do the business stuff first and then try to cram the life stuff in after. And I think that's where burnout comes in. So I think we need to look at that and start blocking off our calendar. Then we need to look at the business things and start blocking those things on the calendar. I actually break everything down into the BCO buckets and stands for business development, client services, and operations. So I believe that every business has those three. Some of the larger businesses break down business development into like sales or marketing or like multiple types of things, but all geared towards business growth. Client services is obviously your clients, customers, customer service, and then operations is all the other things. <laughs> so really making sure that you're putting chunks of time on your calendar for those. So especially if you're in launch or transition, you're going to be doing a lot of business development, like creating new content, creating new videos recording things, creating audio, you're really going to need to go into your calendar and block off time for that. Because if you, again, if you let your calendar fill up and then you still have to do those things, that's when burnout comes into play. <laughs> so really just making sure you're super intentional and saying like, I need to be spending five hours a week. So it needs to be blocked out <laughs> to be able to get to this goal and, and kind of make this transition into digital products. I love that. Time blocking yeah. can be a yes. huge, huge <laughs> benefit and then just having the discipline to actually stick to that schedule yeah. right can be a little bit challenging especially when at least for me when it's my own thing it's easy for me to fill it with a paying thing right oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so you're like well I can move this I, I'm gonna like add this revenue so it's kind of making up for it but then we get stuck in that cycle of still needing to work on the longer term like business development strategies and we can get bogged down with the one-to-one -one or you know live calls or coaching or whatever yeah. we might be doing so I think having the discipline to stick to that it might take 
hiring someone to help you to make sure that you can focus on that like yourself or an assistant to kind of hold us accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think with time blocking, there's so many people that do this in so many ways, right? Like you can put the actual thing and the task on the calendar and block that time out. That just never worked for me. I tried numerous times. So I actually block out time in the BCO bucket. So for me, Tuesdays and Thursdays is what I wanted my client days to be. I just realized with my VIP days, they needed to be spaced out and they're four hour chunks. So for me, I had to actually go physically block that out of my calendar because what I was finding is I was letting my calendar fill up and then I never had those four hour chunks to do my VIP days. So then that obviously, then I had to play calendar Tetris to try to fit VIP days in and it was a whole thing. I think just being in control of your calendar and mapping that out. And then when you can work in, when you can batch your work and say like, this is a client day, like Tuesdays are client days, you can get more in that mindset of clients. And for me anyways, I can bounce from client to client, but it's all very similar work. Whereas if I'm trying to do client work and then I go do bookkeeping and then I come over here and create social media and then I like go do other, it's just a lot of distractions. So being able to block out time within those buckets versus like actual blocks of time for specific tasks is a lot more helpful. Yeah, I, lo I love that. Being able to just kind of chunk it. And, and it helps us, Some it might help us to organize like the thoughts in our brain, right? So if we're focused on yeah. client things versus social media versus bookkeeping, that's a lot of like different different areas of our brain we're kind of pulling from. Yes, and if we're 100%. <laughs> And that's why I time block in that way. I actually organize everything in that way. My Google Drive folders are in the BCO buckets. Like literally everything is organized in that way because it is, it's different energy that you're having to pull. It's different thoughts you're having to pull. It's going to take a lot more energy to create content and podcast interviews and topics and blogs than it is to come in and do a couple client things, right? It's just completely different. And when you can really batch your time, and your tasks on the types of tasks, it can just help you be so much more productive instead of bouncing all over the place. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I, I like that strategy. And it seems pretty easy to be able to implement. So we kind of just have to look at our calendar and decide what tasks fall within each of these days by design buckets, and then yep. decide what are the days we're going to focus on each of those areas within the buckets? Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's those reoccurring things too, right? So for me, one thing in my lifestyle by design mm -hmm. area that I wanted, we actually are huge board gamers, my family and I, I think we have like 90 board games. It's kind of crazy. But what we realized <laughs> is like, we were never playing them. It got put down to the end of the list. We're like, oh, we'll just do that next week. We'll just do that. And it never happened. So when you physically put that on the calendar, on reoccurrence every single Thursday night. I'm not saying that we do it every Thursday. There's times that we skip it, but you're just much more intentional and conscious about it because it's physically there and holding that space. I think even with like sales power hours, I have noticed a huge increase in my income by putting a sales power hour every single day from nine to 10 and not letting anything book there. And then I am disciplined to go in and do sales follow-ups or even like end of day routine lock it out on the calendar so that you're more intentional with it. It's eye-opening. It's almost like a huge time audit because you start putting these things in and you realize how little time you have to actually say yes to new things <laughs> because we have so many reoccurring things, coaching calls, client calls, things like that, that your calendar fills up very quickly. And then 
I think people say yes to too much when they haven't mapped out that time on their calendar. Yeah. What would you say the number one bucket to focus on if you were just starting over from scratch yeah. or for someone that's just thinking about preparing their business in this way, where would you yeah. recommend to start? It's always going to be the business development bucket. I think everyone else typically starts in the operations. They're like, I need a website and mm. I need to get the tech together and I need to get all these things. And I did the same thing. I'm a systems person. So I was like, oh, my systems have to be perfect before anyone can come in <laughs> and see my systems, right? Yeah. But you're not going to get clients and revenue and traction if you're not creating relationships, mm -hmm. if you're not networking, if you're not having coffee chats, if you're not doing podcasts and chatting with people like You've got to work on those activities first and then the other stuff will come because then you're going to have the clients. Then you'll be able to create some systems to help you sustain that. Such good advice. A lot of people might say the opposite, right? Like get your website, get your yep. offers ready, decide what yep. you want to sell type of thing. But I love that you're kind of focusing on the relationship, the people first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And all of those things, don't get me wrong. Those are all sure. important, right? Of course. Because like, you could talk to 100 people if you don't have an offer that might be hard to convert into revenue, right? Sure. <laughs> but I think that it is a balance at the beginning and it is a lot of testing and you're kind of having to do it all at the same time. But it is, I wish if I could have gone back because I, I focused highly on the operations. I went and I was like, oh, I'm going to build a website. I'm going to create a funnel. I did all the things and I had no clients and I almost quit. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> You've got to create the relationships and find people that are looking for the skill set that you have. Mm -hmm. What yeah. has been your number one way to find those relationships? For me, it's a lot of referrals for people that I have worked with. When I first started, I was hanging out in a lot of Facebook groups and really just dropping value and talking about what I did, how I can help. And a lot of people just organically came and then it turned into coffee chats and then it kind of spiraled from there. I'm actually a projector in human design. I like when the people come to me <laughs> and I can serve them and help them. So it's actually been kind of a challenge for me to put myself out on social media and do the video and all the things. But yeah, I think it, again, it just goes back to building relationships and networking with people and then once you build that, then people are more likely to say, oh, I know somebody that does that. So if you're just starting out, just talk to people and keep track of it mm -hmm. <laughs> so that you can follow up and check back in with them. Yeah, keeping track is definitely yes. helpful to keep us accountable, but also intentional with what we're doing yes. to make it feel like our efforts are actually turning into revenue generating Absolutely. tasks. For sure. Absolutely. Which is another thing I think one of the myths, honestly, is that like these tools are going to fix all your problems, mm -hmm. but they're not. <laughs> Everyone talks about like, oh, go, go get these tools, go download this. This is my favorite. First off, you're going to get conflicting advice because everyone uses something different. <laughs> but second, it's not the tool that does the magic, right? So we were just talking about keeping track of leads. You need some kind of CRM whether that be a pen and paper to start with or a Trello board or moving into something like 17 hats, which is my favorite, it is you've got to put them in a spot, but you also have to have a routine and a system and a power hour on your calendar and you've got to do the follow-up and you still have to be consistent. So a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm going to go get this tool and it's going to like change my life and make everything better. And it doesn't because you still have to consistently use it. So I think that's another thing that a lot of people, they're like, oh, yeah, if I just download a task manager, like I'll be able to get more done and be more productive. And I'm like, well, you actually have to put things in there 
and then use it. <laughs> so there's there's more to it than just the tool. Yes, that, that's so true. And I've been the guilty party myself of, you know, downloading all these things or trying new tools or doing something new. And then it just sits on the shelf <laughs> or, you know, I haven't delegated the time to actually implement it, actually understand it. So I've been guilty party. Oh, yeah, we all have. We (laughs) all have. And if I had a dollar for every time someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm paying for that, but I don't use it. Like, I'd be a bajillionaire now. (laughs) New business idea. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So if we were implementing some of these systems, a lot of people tend to ask me just in general about length of time or about how do we measure our success with anything new that we are trying? So if we were to look at measurements of success for productivity, for some of the systems that we have talked about, how long would you say we need to allow these systems to kind of run their course? When should we be measuring them and how do we measure them? So as far as like a CRM goes, you've got to get in there. And again, it goes back to consistent routines, right? So if you've set up a CRM and you're consistently using it, I mean, I've honestly seen an increase in revenue in 30 days Mm -hmm. if you're consistent with it, right? So I think obviously the increase in revenue is one of those measurements of success because we're doing something, we're using the tool and it's helping us gain more revenue. But I think it's also from a time saving standpoint, which can be huge. But again, you're going to need at least 30 to 60 days to be able to implement that, consistently use it and be able to see effects from that. So a couple of the things I do with my students and my clients is that we set up like a really organized digital workspace, make sure you've got your password app so that you can save your passwords, organizing like your Google Drive folders and your email folders. And that's huge. There's actually, I can't remember who did it, but there was a study that said anybody that looks for information for their job, which is, let's be real, that's everyone in 2022, right? (laughs) They spend about two to two and a half hours a day searching for information, whether that be passwords, logins, emails, text messages, information, whatever that is. And if you can set up a system that allows you to cut that time in half, you're saving so much time. So by using task management tools, keeping your digital files organized, having that CRM, you're going to see a revenue increase, but you're also going to see time increase and just feel more in control of your business instead of like constantly searching for things. (laughs) And then the third one, which this one's a little less tangible, but it's like the reduced stress and anxiety. There's been a couple systems and processes that I've put in place where I just feel lighter. I'm just like, oh, this is just easy. Or my end of day routine, it completely changed my business. And I was more proactive instead of like constantly feeling like I was putting out fires and like, oh, I forgot that or waking up in the middle of the night, like, oh my gosh, I was supposed to send that to so-and-so, right? We've all done that. (laughs) So I think that third measure is really just like a decrease in stress and anxiety of feeling constantly like you're attached to work and being able to shut the computer down and enjoy time with family or your lifestyle or your spouse or whatever you're trying to do. Because We didn't build the businesses that we have to work 24-7. We built them to work less and impact more people. So, but yeah, I would say those are kind of the top three measurements of success for putting systems in place. Those are really good. I have to know, okay, if you can give us a teaser of what your end of day routine looks like, really piqued my interest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's really interesting. So I'm not a morning person Mm -hmm. and I love all these people that get up in four in the morning and like do this amazing routine, but like. I've got twin girls at home and 
I really like my sleep. My end of day routine is more of like my morning. So I kind of like flip it. Now I have a morning routine too, but it's just not as intense. It's actually called the three P's of productivity and it's process, plan, and prepare. So essentially process means I just kind of go through what happened during the day. So most of the time I'm looking through my iPad with my notes and like, who did I talk to? What happened? Are there action items coming from that? Do I need to send calendar invites? Do I need to set follow-up tasks? I'm essentially processing the day and making sure I didn't forget things. And then if it has an action, it needs to go into my Asana or my CRM because I need to follow back up with them. So then planning, I actually plan my day the night before. I map it all out and I readjust because, you know, we can all plan for a week. Monday Mm -hmm. comes and like the whole domino breaks the rest of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then I plan out my day. So I write down my appointments. I map out which tasks I'm working on between appointments and really kind of like have a roadmap. And then the last piece is to prepare. And it's really to get anything ready that I need to execute the plan. So if I've got a client call on the plan, do I have everything I need? Do I have a checklist of what we're going to talk about? If I have a podcast, do I have an outline of what I'm talking about? Do I have the links, the information? Because it really just allows me to, as soon as I sit down the next day, whatever time that might be, I can just hit the ground running instead Mm -hmm. of like scrambling. Like, what am I doing today? So that honestly was the biggest game changer in my business and helped me feel less anxiety and feel more in control. And like things were not slipping through the cracks Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, it sounds like with those three P's, it's a nice like tie the ribbon on the day type of thing, close the book on the day and help you kind of just like remove your brain, close, you know, remove because sometimes it's so hard to close our laptops and turn off our brains. But that system using those three P's sounds like it's a really nice way to just be able to close the book, feel really good about the day and what is coming without feeling like you're missing something. And it wasn't always like that, right? Like I was the one that was also on my laptop until midnight, falling asleep on the couch. Like I did all of these things, but it wasn't until I made some of these shifts that I was able to actually stop working at five, (laughs) but still have revenue coming in, still have clients coming in. Like (laughs) I was able to just structure my day so much better because I was planning it and I was in control of it versus it controlling me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Okay, Brittany, so if those listening are thinking, I have to work with you, I have to get some of these things into place because this all sounds so amazing, where can they learn more from you? Yeah, so our signature program is Hustle to Flow. So we're going to take you from hustle to flow with all of these systems. So you can actually just go to our main website, bcohq.co and find everything. We also do VIP intensives for people if you're ready to have somebody just come in and do it for you. But Hustle to Flow, we go through all the systems and all the things. We also have a free community. So the productivitypodcommunity.co. And I'm over on Instagram the most. So brittanyandco.consulting. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I learned so much in this episode. Productivity is always a hot topic and I'm so thankful for you sharing some of your tips and tricks. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Hey there. What did you think of that episode? If you enjoyed it, here are a few free ways to help support the show. First, You can hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode or any bonus episodes that I create for timely advice. 
Secondly, if you screenshot the episode you're listening to and tag me on Instagram at lizbor underscore com, you'll be entered to win a special prize. And the prizes are really good. And lastly, reviews are one of the best ways to provide social proof to others that this show is worth a listen. Plus, it gives me an idea of the content that is most helpful to you. Feel free to include your podcast or Instagram name. I'll give you a shout out during a future episode for more exposure to you and your brand. A huge, huge thank you in advance.